This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Mark it down Sunday, April 10th. It's the 35th annual All-Star Labor Classic presented by Philadelphia's Organized Labor and featuring the best of the best high school girls and high school boys in a city versus suburban showdown. It's the All-Star Labor Classic, a Philadelphia tradition showcasing the very best high school girls and boys basketball players from the entire Delaware Valley. That's Sunday, April 10th, starting at noon. The live games will be played at Ridley High School. Now on Talk Radio 1210, If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. All right, ladies and gentlemen around the Delaware Valley, welcome to the John Doherty Hour. Uh, you know, I, I, you ever heard that it, it, it was somebody's birthday month? Well, this is John's retirement month, and uh, if you if you listen to the first uh, hour of the broadcast and last week's uh, uh two-hour broadcast what a special special night it was and it is for a career that's unmatched in labor uh i'm jay doc i'm in the big chair tonight for krause who's fresh off the maxwell awards uh certainly uh a well-deserved uh, hiatus tonight for krause and so i'll do the best i can john to uh to sit in the big chair and how are you sir Buddy, I'm I'm glad that you're here tonight, and uh, I hope everything's going good at the Maxwell's for Joe. Joe's in the big leagues these days. He's everywhere. That's good to see, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, he is. I tried to get a ticket, couldn't get one. He, he's, <laughs> I'm not ready, he said. Uh, but, yeah, Joe's <laughs> do, doing an incredible job, and uh, we got Xander Krause in the house. So this is still Jay Doc and Krause with John Doherty. Uh, it's just that we got Xander tonight who's producing and, uh, John, I got to say, uh, the, the, uh, the celebration, uh, for your retirement was unprecedented, unmatched. It was an honor for us to be broadcasting there. And it was the who's who, not only in labor, but in politics and our community in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, tri-state area, uh, Washington, DC, and everybody who was, anybody was there. And I, you know, as you and I'm sure you heard the broadcast by now, um, it was uh, well deserved and well earned. Tell me your thoughts. Well, you know, a word that I don't use that often is surreal. So for me, you know, I was expecting, you know, you you retire. It's three or four months, you know, basically since you gave up the mantle, and you know, and you know, thirty years. You know, there's a lot of people that. You know, over 30 years, you have people that, you know, you really haven't touched base with in five, six, seven, eight years. So, you know, I said, okay, you know, it'll be a lot of, you know, people around union, the building trades. I know that, you know, a lot of people had, you know, made an effort, you know, Ryan Boyer and the building trades and, you know, Pat Eiding and the AFL-CIO, but the IBW kids in the neighborhood. I mean, just people that, you know, have been in my world. And of course, you know, I said, hey, 30 years, you know, uh, people came out to celebrate. I said, as you remember what I said, I said, we should be celebrating the 30 days 
that Tara Chupka took to put that thing together. Hmm. It was perfect from start to finish. It, it, and it Tara was. did a fabulous job with a lot of help. I, Joe, I've been doing a lot of parties. I've been involved in things, you know, that have been personal, you know, family, everything at the union. I wanted to maximize, you know, people still talk about the, the holiday parties we had in New York. You know, I, I hear it all the time. I actually heard it at, you know, the retirement celebration about, hey, this is the most fun people I've had since New York. It was a cross-section of everybody in the construction industry, everybody in the philanthropic world, you know, civic association leaderships all over the city, people of all colors, all religions. It was just, it was pretty wild. And, and you know, when they say a thousand people went through, I was like blown away. You know, I expected a couple hundred people you know, we set it up so that, you know, it was like a kind of like a casual best of filling. I joke with people about not wearing a tie and, mm-hmm. you know, coming and getting, you know, just having, you know, we had, you know, we had old school stuff. You had, you know, the old meatloaf sandwiches, but you had, uh, you had the sushi stations and things like that. People loved it. You know, uh, Joe Volpe from Sescafe did a fabulous job up there at V, you know, on North Broad Street. It was mobbed throughout the evening. And I, I just give you a couple versions. I had, you know, a professional athlete who stopped by who said that it was just a cool party. I had a long-term business manager who said to me that the quality of conversation everywhere was great, meaning that it was serious. It was no nonsense. It was just a great time. I had people that bartended who I've known for years, you know, the waitresses and waiters there who have seen me over the years said to me it was the most fun they had to a party. Everybody was in a good mood. It was like nobody came who didn't want to be there. John, you know, I walked I, 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 did I, you get a chance to listen to the broadcast? Because no, I haven't, oh, Joe. John. Joe, I haven't. Oh, I, I and I'm sorry, you. I will. Joe, if I told you, I've had about 600 contacts, either emails, phone calls, cards, letters, since that evening. I haven't even put a formal thank you out yet because they're coming in. I have Tara stopped up here today and she handed me maybe, I know, 25 cards or, or notes that came in in the last couple of days down at Local 98. Right. It has just been an amazing. You know, I didn't realize until you, you know, you think about it, all the things that we did for people, with people. You know, I mean, look, I, you know, I've had, because of Sealy's conditions, you know, I, I'm not happy about it, but I have made a lot of contacts in the medical world. You know, I, I guess I've had to get 20 people in to see a neurosurgeon, you know, you know, within hours. You know, when you take a look at making calls to help people get in colleges or charter schools or things like that, or, you know, when you just look when I was running the civic associations, you know, you don't realize them quality of life issues that you handle for somebody. And I just made a habit, and a wise old man once told me, if you can do something, do it right away. So I made a habit. If somebody asked me to do something, I always did it right away. You know, and you don't think much of it. But it was, the turnout was amazing. You know, I, I, I can tell you, you know, little things like, you know, you know my relationship with not only Anthony Gallagher, but everybody from his mom, his wife, all the way down to his brothers. Every one of his brothers were there. Yeah. And they have such a significant role in the labor community and the refinery world. And there was one time, and Anthony and myself got together with all his brothers into the big family portrait. Mm-hmm. And I still have to get that. I got to get Anthony. 
you know, Ryan Boyer did a great job. Ryan said to me, John, I've been doing this a long time. He said, this was just wild, classy from start to finish. Jimmy Snell, when they got, and the guys that got up to speak, I felt bad because they were, you know, I didn't realize it was just going to be a casual get up and say a few words. And I had, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, Mike Monroe, who was the chief of staff for Sean McGarvey down at the National Building Trades. Sean came up, and I had, I mean, uh, Mike came up, and I had just eaten with Sean and Mike when they were in Philly earlier in the week. So I had heard the story, but the story that Mike was telling, you know, little things you don't realize. Like, Mike played ball, okay, uh, at a, a small college in Pennsylvania, but he's a good basketball player. He's also, you know, a, a, a good-looking, young, aggressive guy who's known in all the Carters, the Congress, the Senate, everybody knows him. You know, back during the Clinton campaign, he was probably the closest person we had in the labor community to Hillary Clinton. You know, I mean, he was just, he's just a, a good player there. Well, you know, here he goes, um, and he hooks up at a wedding in Costa Rica. Okay, I know you got to go to commercial, but he hooks up at a weekend, uh, a wedding in Costa Rica. He bumps in, and then there's people at the bar, and he walks up to a woman, and the woman says to him, what do you do? He said, I'm the chief of staff for the National Building Trades. And she said to him, oh, you must work with Johnny Doc. Huh? <laughs> and like, he tells that story in Costa Rica at a, a corner bar, you know? That's awesome. So, I mean, I didn't realize our reach went that far, and I didn't realize our respect was that deep. Well, John, let me just say this because we're going to go to break. But, man, when you get a chance, please listen to the, bro- the broadcast, the podcast of it. It's unbelievable, the sentiments across the board, the who's who. I don't care who it is. Um, just an incredible salute to you and your career and your family. And so well-deserved. We're going to have more from the John Dockery Hour after the break. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Uh, welcome back to the John Dockerty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT sitting in the big chair for Joe Krause. This is Jay Doc. Uh, let me say this, I mean, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about John Dockerty's retirement celebration, and it was incredible. Nothing could do John's career justice, but I'll tell you what, it was it was a, a celebration for the ages, and I'm just proud to have been there. I want to bring in into the conversation uh, Wayne Miller, business manager of Sprinkler Fitters Local 692. Uh, Wayne, we're going to talk about a few issues and, and, and situations going on around the city, but before we do... Uh, I know you 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 uh, have known John for so many years. You've done so many projects together. Uh, you know that celebration was incredible last week. Um, give me your thoughts on 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 John's retirement and and the impact he's made uh, across the Delaware Valley and beyond. Uh, it's you, you can't even. There's not words to say what impact he has done in the Philadelphia region and nationally. Uh, what he's done for the Philadelphia Building Trades, uh, we haven't had things done like that uh, in quite some times. And uh, John has had the connections and, and, and the wherewithal 
to deal with developers, so forth and so on. And since the pandemic started, uh, we haven't missed a beat uh, with work. Uh, we were ahead of everything that anyone did, and even the CDC wasn't as uh, up-to-date as we were. We put our, uh, our rules about working on jobs and being exposed and going back to work long before the CDC did that, and that was all because of Doc. And uh, instead of having one meeting a month when the pandemic hit, we had four meetings a month. That's leadership. That shows you that, you know, we have a problem, we have to face it, and we have to come up with a solution. And uh, with Doc, uh, with the, at the head of that, we did. We came up with a solution collectively with all the business managers. That was the biggest thing over the last two years that anyone could do, and it kept all our people working. And in essence, and you keep our people working, you keep our unions together, and you keep our unions funded. And that's what was done. That's something that nobody knows about. Nobody would understand what I was saying, talking about that. But Doc did a great job with that. And, and that's nobody could uh, ever question his leadership. He, did a, he, he really, really stepped up. And, you know, like he always does. And he did a very good job. And interesting, and I'm Doc, Doc I'll write your way in a second, but... Uh, let's not forget that, uh, you know, uh, of course, we set the benchmark uh, nationally, nationally with, with uh, OSHA, uh, you know, copied our, what we did in our building trades, mm-hmm. our protocols, but the lives that were saved, um, the, 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 the individuals who uh, did not become sick because we jumped on it at, from day one. Um, but I look at the lives. I look at what you, 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 know, the, you know, the building trades did on the jobs. Uh, and, and, and the protocols that you all put in uh, and, and, and the fact that no question it impacted lives. So, Johnny, you want to jump in there? Yeah, and when you talk about my 30 years, I've spent not only my 30 years in you know leadership at the Philadelphia Building Trades and uh, obviously Local 98, but my previous 10 or 12 years prior to that, I spent in the industry working with the tools right a little way, a side way. So Wayne and myself have basically ran our careers parallel to each other, and thank God I did. Because when you do the things that we do, you don't, like Wayne hit on the head, it's always been about our members' opportunities to go to work. Okay? Wayne will tell you, we made some really tough decisions. We, we made decisions that we knew were going to be things that got us beat up publicly and politically. We, we, for example, we had, there was an opportunity a long time ago, and we're you know, the, the, the union uh, movement is a little bit more bipartisan than people say, because we have a lot of guys that, you know, live with the old gun mentality and, you know, and of course, energy mentality is a big part of how we go to work. So we always have that as a natural component with, you know, probably the Republican side and the Democratic side. But if you take a look at all the labor issues and concerns, you know, the Democrats are way more in line normally with us. So, but that being said, I would say almost 90% of the early endorsements, you know, uh, coming out of trades would be across the line for state reps and stuff would be Democrat. But you, sometimes you get up and you have people like Senator Specter. And at one time we had a very controversial uh, election uh, with Senator Santorum. Mm-hmm. Now, when he ran against Ron Klink, okay, who, who was a friend, it wasn't as big a deal. Okay, but when him and Casey were head to head, it was a very complicated issue for us. Well, I had to make some decisions to do business, just like I made some decisions to do business in D.C. during the Trump 
administration, which wound up bringing home over $600 million of new shipbuilding for the Navy Yard. Also pushed three or four other major agendas that we had. Not that they had, that we had. Well, we did a little business with Senator Santorum at the time. They got uh, unbelievably <laughs> negative. Okay, John, can you I know, jump in there? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guys, know, let me just finish this one. People don't understand. <laughs> Here's what happened. <laughs> we did the 30th Street Post Office. We converted to an IRS building. We moved the post office to Southwest Philly. We did Philadelphia Housing Authority. We did Dredging the River. And we even did the African American Museum, as well as part of the Mint, all in deals that developed our initial conversation with Santor. Right. He did a lot of the, you know, the bigger stuff we, you see down at Sixth and Market, all the federal stuff, the Constitution area, that whole area, that came through Senator Spector. Okay, so during that, but Wayne was my partner every step of the way. And he knew it was not going to be politically correct. He knew that it could someday cost him his career, you know, if, you know in, in, in the, the local, you know, politics arena. So, but we made them decisions. They were the right decisions for our members, and that's who pays us. They were the right decisions for Philadelphia. And believe it or not, they were the right decisions for the region. And that's why Wayne, Pat Gillespie, you know, Pat Eating, you know, but uh, Mikey Farrer never blinked on us, always right beside us. And they created tons of hours. And that's why we are different than most of the other building trades. You are. And I will tell you this. I happen to hear, and, and Wayne, you'll laugh. I heard that story at the uh, at the dinner table. <laughs> oh, your father was so mad at me. Your father, he, me and your father wrestled for a year and a half. Of <laughs> it's funny though because you know, you know, my dad has always supported my support for you, he, and he always loves you. And you know how you know he's always asking about Celia and all that, and, and you as well. Um, but even after that, I think we, you know, I, I was uh, supporting you on something, and he and I, I don't recall what it was, but he said, "Support, you know, you always support your friends." You know what I mean? And I think it was a phillylabor.com story we were doing, and and uh, but no, I remember that. I remember that like it was yesterday. But that's just a good lesson about politics in a lot of ways because you're not always going to be on the same side of the same issue. But it's it's like two brothers um, fighting on an issue. But you know, for the, for the long haul. You know, you know, we're 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 always on the same side. You know, when it comes to our general principles. And the one thing I want to I want to jump on this, um, Wayne. Uh, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about and, uh, tonight is, is is a dangerous situation on a high rise condo on Delaware Avenue that uh, mm-hmm. ha- has no uh, working sprinklers. Um, and again, it seems like we're back to square one with the L and I situation and. Uh, you and I talked not long ago about a situation where there was a fire downtown. Again, again, it's almost like uh, people are not going to be happy until we have uh, uh, another another uh, situation like we did down there in Center City when we lost firemen. You know, the thing is, what's what the, the you're uh, alluding to, Joe, is is uh, Beach Street. That's right on uh, Delaware Avenue on the river at Gerard Avenue. And there's a, a, a load of townhouses going up. Uh, it's, it's a huge project. And prior to that job being started, uh, before the first shovel of dirt came out of the ground, I notified L&I, I notified the city, I notified the general contractor who works 
directly for the developer that the individual company that was putting in the sprinkler underground was not qualified, not licensed, and unskilled in that, in, in that area. And also the men that was working for him did not have a, a, a worker's license in order to do that. So right away, right off, the, right off the bat, that job should have been stopped in its tracks, okay? L and I never came down, and I have uh, put in, I, I must have put in 50 to 75 complaints on that job every single week, and nothing was ever done. Now, uh, if that job was a block or two away from there, that job would have been shut down. I don't know why that job wasn't shut down and the contractor doing the work was thrown off the job because he's not licensed. He couldn't even pull a permit to put the underground piping in. That's number one. They put the underground piping in, and first of all, you have to flush underground piping. You have to flush it at 1,500 gallons a minute to get all the debris and dirt out of it. So that, that wasn't done. Uh, second of all, they put valves in that weren't uh, up to code and were not allowed to be put in. They couldn't be monitored. That means that if the valve was turned off, there would be a, a signal to uh, a, a control panel, and that would tell you that the, the, the sprinkler system was shut down. They didn't do that. They put in just two-inch valves that couldn't be monitored. I made a big stink down there, and they started to change the valves. So the thing is, they're not going to do anything, L&I or whomever is doing the investigation down there, uh, to help if the union is the person that brings this up. Now, what happened was on the job, uh, I, I made some, I had a bullhorn down there. I was let, notifying the people, letting them know what was going on. I was down there for two years. And if I was wrong, they would have had me sued. They would have had me locked up or whatever, but I'm not wrong. So I offered every tenant that's in there right now that I would do a free inspection on a sprinkler system. And I would come in and write a, and, and write a letter up for you to tell you exactly what was done. So as I told you before, the, the two-inch valves that were going into the uh, buildings were not approved valves to uh, be able to be on a feed for a sprinkler system. So anyway, uh, they changed them valves, and they put uh, butterfly valves on, which could be monitored electrically. So anyway, I went in uh, to this individual's house to uh, inspect it. Well, this individual has been in there for five months, okay, five months he's been living in there. All right. They changed the valves, as I said, and put a butterfly valves on it, which could be electrically monitored. Well, guess what? When I went in that house, it wasn't hooked up electrically. So it was the same issue as they is prior to me going into the house. So I told the individual, I said, look, you have a few things you can do. You can get in touch with your council person. You can get in touch with L&I. But here's what's wrong with your sprinkler system. And the thing is, is that, and I said, let the rest of your tenants know that are in there, and I will do all three inspections for that. But here's the thing. This is well, hold on for a second, uh, so Wayne. Important. We're going to, let me yes. say, so, alert Sean back at the station. We're going to keep this, we're not going to go to break right now. We're going to keep this okay. going, Sean, if you would. Okay. Go, uh, go ahead, Wayne. I'm sorry. Okay. So the thing is, the, the one thing that, and Doc knows as well as I do, if they, they and, and these people, in order to move in, you have to have a CO. With the valve not wired to be monitored to let you know if it's on or off, they could never have gotten a CO from the you know certificate of occupancy. Well, how come they're in there? Evidently, the Wayne, city let me gave jump, them a Wayne, CO. Let me jump in, Wayne. Go ahead, Doctor. Wayne. Mm-hmm. L and I is mm-hmm. corrupt. L and I is corrupt in the city of Philadelphia. It's been corrupt for years. Okay, everybody knows it. 
Okay, number one. That's a pretty. That's a pretty. It's a pretty. There's no way they can do what they do or what they don't do if they weren't. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, down on the po- the, the job down on uh, the post job. Okay, right. with the elevator accident. You mm-hmm. heard the story. Mm-hmm. They 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 call the elevator operators the day they gave the uh, the partial uh, permitting. Okay, there was some question on how it got done. The next day or the next week, they took vacation. They couldn't find the two inspectors. I mean that, that we have. You have a ton of people running for governor. Mm-hmm. You have a ton of people. Okay, running for senate. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would not mm-hmm. have had one legal issue if L and I did its job. Oh, you're 100 percent right. Right, L and I. 90 percent of my early screen was over L and I. Look, the mayor can't do an awful lot about these guns. Okay, okay, but he can do something about L and I. So we're going to call Jimmy this week because I had no idea it was that bad. Richie's oh, up bad, against huh? it. Richie Laser, he fights. It's, mm-hmm. it's bad. I mean, every single thing down there is wrong, and they're still mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you get open? But, uh, Wayne, and the other thing is you've got to let people know who owns it. And a lot of mm-hmm. people are people that don't live in the area making tons of money and mm-hmm. buying more properties. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so you've got a councilman, you've got a senator. Okay, they both should mm-hmm. know about that. And they should both mm-hmm. want something. You got people running for governor, and you got people running for senate. And everybody wants mm-hmm. you to vote for them because either a Democrat or a Republican. How about mm-hmm. we vote for people who actually help the unions by making sure mm-hmm. the rules are enforced? Mm-hmm. That's that's. And that's by the way, not just help the unions, help anybody that lives there because yes. you know you can control that from being a tragedy. Exactly. Exactly. Here's the thing: it's really something. There are LLCs down there, right? If you, if the, the, the tenants didn't get the work done on these two-inch valves and have them change after I start bitching over them and, and, and things like that, every year we have to inspect the sprinkler system. So when a contractor would have come in next year to inspect that sprinkler system, and in order to, uh, to bring a new valve in, you'd have to chop the concrete out, do a lot of different things. It would cost the individual consumer fourteen dollars to $15,000 to have that done. And guess what? You know who has to pay for it? The, the people that own their homes because they don't go after the LLCs because you can't find out who's invested money with, with them in the LLCs. And when they're going, that's done. It is left on the, the consumer. And I let people down there know that. And, and, and the thing is, is that things are going to change once, once the, uh, uh, the consumers start pitching to the council people and to the, uh, to LNI, that'll change. They won't do it for us, doc. They'll do it for them. So Wayne, let me do this, Wayne. Um, yes. We we we, we got to go to break real quick though. How can people have their voices be heard here? Because you know, this is a disgrace, and Doc just said it. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, they won't listen to us because we're union. And you know, if you're union, and you bring it up a problem. We're self-serving. And yep. it's, what about the people's lives that are at risk? We just saw what happened in Fairmount. We saw what happened mm-hmm. at One Meridian, and this mm-hmm. is I, it's just mind-boggling. What can? But before we go to break, real quick. What can people for do to any, have their voices for all the heard? Tenants, for all the people who own these homes and these towns' homes, they should get in touch with their council person. And uh, the, the, on the along the river there, it's Mark Squilla, and Mark Squilla would help them out. That's Absolutely. what they, they just had to contact them. And and that you know and and, and it's better coming from the the the, uh, the tenants, I mean the owners of the buildings, than yeah. from the sprinklers, uh, fitters, and the union. But the thing is, we are their advocate. We're the ones that stop things that go on and we bring it to, to, to light. And, and, and again, if, it, if we didn't do that, that would never have been done. 
It would have been put in there wrong, and 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 the greed, the greed of the developers and, and the people who own them buildings. This one building I was in, there was seven hundred thousand dollars. I wouldn't give you fifty thousand for it. Most of them are a million, and they're putting, they're asking for top dollars, and they're putting in slop work, which is a disgrace. But they More have to get hold of their Congress people. Absolutely, call your Congress people. Call your, uh, your councilman. Absolutely, your councilman. Your councilman, mm-hmm. your councilman, Mark Swill and Nat Trichik. Uh Wayne Miller, yes, thank you so much. We'll help you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You. We'll have more right. from the John Doherty Hour after the break. This edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. All right, ladies and gentlemen, fresh off having celebrated uh, Philadelphia's 250 St. Patrick's Day Parade, I'm proud to bring into the broadcast uh, Bob Gesser, who is a, a longtime member and, and a recognized leader in the Irish community here in, in Philadelphia and a, a great friend of John Dockery's. How are you, Bob? I think we just lost Bob, but uh, that's that's uh, certainly. Let me jump. Let me, let me jump in about Bob, if you don't mind, while you're getting him back on. Sure. Bob Gessler is a name that in the Irish community that goes really deep. Um, back, you know, you had people early on. You had Franny Rafferty, Councilman Rafferty. I mean, he was he he was on the St. Patrick's Day uh, Observance Committee. He was probably the lead guy inside council for many years. Then you had Jim Kenny who was another, you know, member of the St. Patrick's Day uh, Observance Committee, which basically is responsible for a lot of things in the Irish community, but primarily the second largest St. Patrick's Day parade in America. And it did it for years. And it was always significant. It always had, it, it was a regional parade. You know, this year, Mike Bradley, who has been the parade director for decades, but you have Mike Bradley, who was the Grand Marshal. He's a good guy. But all these names, you know, you can talk about but it was always Bob Gessler. He was the guy that was always writing a letter to the paper about the Irish community. He was always the guy that was standing up when something was being said in the school system that really wasn't, you know, respectful to our heritage. He was the guy who, you know, politically could have been an elected official any time if he decided. He was that well respected in the community. You know, he was uh, he him and his wife Kathy were just really good people that everybody knew. And you know, and Bob, you know, had that Irish trait where you know if it was on his mind, he let you know about it. So he well, wasn't John, everybody's. Yeah, but he just he, he's back on with us right now. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I hope you heard that, Bobby, because basically you were the go-to guy for this community for decades, despite having a lot of people in power positions. You were the heart and soul. You're the reason that Irish memorials moved, uh, got moving. I mean, your, your fingerprints are all over this community, and you're probably the guy that the people in this city know the least of in the Irish community. Well, you know, I'm just a very shy and retiring guy, John. I'm, I'm You know, I, I try just to... <laughs> Just to stay in the background and and um, but look, I mean, it's I always believe it's it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about the people that we can help. And I got to say that you know, just to start off, that the Irish community would not be where it was today without the building trades. Period. Every aspect of the Irish community, whenever we reach out for help, 
you guys are there, and it, it means a lot. And a lot of our a lot of our people are involved, but a lot of our people aren't. And, and, and not enough people realize what the building trades have meant across every aspect of the Irish community. And I'm always proud to say that. I, I never have um, any problem. I mean, anybody asked me, I can't remember an ask that someone that we went out to in the building trades didn't say, how do we make it happen? How can we help you with this? And it wasn't just the big stuff. You know, like Johnny is there, always there for everything in the Irish community, but he's also there for the times we had to go to him and say, hey, look, you know, this, this couple's going to lose their house. Is there anything we can do to help? I mean, I got, I got 10 families that are out of work and it's Christmas time, and they got 60 kids between the 10 families, and it always was, what's their ages, what's their sizes? It was uh, the, the no's were never there, which is – it's so nice as someone involved in, in charitable works and involved in trying to do good to know that you got people to have your back, that you're not, not always going hat in hand to people to beg them for money, that the, the building trades and, you know, and, you know, I, I have a great relationship with Johnny that, I mean, you know, I'm always proud to admit that and I'll never deny it. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we got done would not have gotten done. Without without John Dockery, electricians, and, and the building trades as a whole. And, you know, it's funny you say that, Bob, because Mike, you know, on the broadcast, you mentioned the, the word ask. And uh, on the broadcast from the celebration, John's retirement celebration, Mike Driscoll, is, who's uh, obviously like a family member to all of us, um, sure. somebody who's heavily involved in the Irish community and he talked about um, uh, the the asks when it came to the, you know the St. Patrick's Day parade. One uh, recently, we, it didn't look like we were going to have it, and John Doherty, his answer was not on my watch. And so, uh, it's you're saying almost verbatim exactly what Mike Driscoll said in regards to the to the impact that the building trades and John Doherty have had, uh, not only on the Irish community but the St. Patrick's Day parade and and uh, you know everything around it. And he said the same exact thing that you said in regards to those so many families who um you know after a conversation how's your family with the way you know john always asking about your family do you know anybody that needs uh that that that, you know like it's christmas present uh, christmas time talked about christmas presents across the board the stories can go on forever about john doherty and the building trades bob and now that's exactly true and it's funny it's i'd like to say it's a two-way street but it isn't. It's like a eight-lane highway versus a back street. You know, we do whatever we can to help you guys, but the, the love and the help comes, you know, flooding our way uh, from Johnny and especially from all the building trades. And you know what's nice about it is that, you know, I never felt that any time I asked for something that there was going to be a cost to it. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I've dealt with a lot of politicians. I've dealt with a lot of business people. And a lot of times it's, you know, you know the second conversation is. There's going to be a quid pro quo, right? Yeah, what's it going to cost me? Right. You know what I mean? And it never was that way. And it was always, how can we, how can we help? You know, what can we do to make it easier for you guys that are doing this on a volunteer basis? And, John, let and me just say this. Bob, yeah. Mike Driscoll said the same thing. He said, you know, that it, it was 
like like Bob said, an eight an eight lane highway, and only one of those highways was our lane. The other seven lanes were coming back at us, you know, f- from your neck of the woods, John. You know, taking care and making and making sure that people didn't go without. Talk about that, brother. Well, no, look, I told you earlier, Bob, Bob has always been, you know, if Bob stood up for every issue in the Irish community, he just didn't cherry pick the good ones. I mean, all you had to do was open the paper up, okay, and he would be editorialized on every single Irish issue, you know, and, he, and again, he wanted to make sure that, you know, our history was represented well. And again, the Irish Memorial, I, had, I was lucky enough at the ceremony to, to have Jim Coyne stop it. Jim is a big safety guy. He, you know, he transcends, you know, us in the industry, but he also, you know, was pretty active, instrumental, involved with the Irishman world. And I thanked him when I saw him and, and we both laughed and, you know, he hugged me and, and, and talked about what we did, but we both agreed. Thank God Gessler was involved, you know? And, and, and again, part of the Irish community too is, you know, uh, you know, we, people have, we, we like the good parts. We like the parades. We like Notre Dame. We like the cold beer. We like, you know, the Irish pubs. But there's way more to the Irish community and our heritage than that. You know, and I was lucky enough to be the Grand Marshal, you know, where Bob was instrumental in that. You know, and I, it was something different. I, it, wasn't just, it wasn't just about the good parts. It was about, you know, educating people on how the Irish, you know, save civilization. You know, and where we came from and, you know, and things like that. I was just always there. And if you if you had an issue that was good and it was about anything, you know, relevant to Irish, he was involved. And, and again, he, he, you know, most people don't know him, you know, inside our world. Everybody does. And I was just, I was even surprised we had him on the night. I was like blown away. I was like, oh, my God, we got Bob. you know, Bob, it's not what he does. But, you know, and again, I'm glad we get a chance to let people know, and he's done a fabulous well, job for the Irish community. Hey, John, this, this is not my retirement, so it's yours. So let me, let me speak a little bit about what you've done. And, and be it from the Jeannie Johnston, you know, we brought the ship over that sailed during the Great Hunger. Be it every phase of the Irish Memorial. Be it the high-burning hunger project where we tried to feed people. You know, the... When we give out gifts at Christmas time, you know, talking about some of the issues regarding the politicians, be it the McBride principles, you know, or, or just to say, hey, look, you know, the Irish need to be represented in government. You know, it's it just whatever the, the aspect was, I could go to John and either he would help directly or tell me what I should be doing. And that's invaluable to people. People don't understand what that's worth to have that kind of person who not, willingly gives their time, their efforts, and their talents to help people without asking for something back. It's, it's, and I, I wouldn't have done half the things I've done without the backing of guys like John Doherty. Bob Gessler, thank you so much for joining us here on, this, on, on the John's retirement special. Uh, I can't your, your words, um, they're the sentiments of so many. We'll have more from the John Doherty Hour after the break. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the John Doherty Hour on 
Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, and, and for Joe Krause in the big chair, it's Jay Doc. Uh, the hour, this is the fastest hour in radio, and John, we got about three minutes left, and I want you to have the, uh, the platform. Obviously, the words of Bob Gessler, um, they, 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 they're the sentiments of so many, and you get a chance, please listen to the broadcast, man. I mean, it's just a, a, a testament to your career and the lives that you've touched. Uh, and, and, of course, Wade and Miller, awesome, and, and we're continuing that discussion. He's such a, a great advocate and, and um, just not only trying to do the right thing but save lives. Um, we got about two and a half minutes, uh, brother, if you would. Um, you know, talk about if you can you kind of bring everything to a head and, and, and uh, talk about what your, your, your sentiments are. Just watching everybody uh, at, at your, at your uh, retirement celebration and all the great things they're saying. Well, this this was funny. It's been a really busy week for me. This was Celia had a ton of activity this week, so I was involved with a ton of stuff with her. So I just today I started actually going through cards and notes and things like that. I mean, there were a thousand people in and out of the place. There were all kind of events that night. People were stopping after the other events. It was just overwhelming. And again, I didn't get a chance to sit down anywhere. I think I took two sips of iced tea the whole night. Hmm. It was. You know, I I did nothing but talk to people, and everybody wants to tell you about their story. And I was so happy that I didn't realize that we had that type of effect on people everywhere. Hmm. And, you know, you had 15, 20 people get up and want to grab the mic and say a few words. And, you know, our, our good friend Kevin, you know, who runs the Iron Workers, Kevin, you know, mentioned that from day one that he was here. I You know, I worked with him because we had a lot in common and got along well. Right. You know, and then, and then you talk to, I mean, if it was every trade was there. And you, I mean, and John, the conversation at one point, was deep, you know. At one point in time, I was on the panel, uh, on the talk show, uh, on the radio with Pat Eiding and Rick Blumendale, of course, Frank Snyder, Kevin Boyle, Frank, Sam Pond, um, uh, Ryan Boyer, uh, Mike Driscoll, of course, Jimmy Snell, uh, Buddy Osborne. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but... Uh, of course, Mike Farah, um, and I got to tell you, man, it was the most enjoyable, fastest two hours that I can that I can ever remember, and and it it, it was uh, what I thought it was going to be, man. And and well, if you uh, take a look, you mentioned some of the names, right? And yeah, Billy Keller and all them other guys. Uh, Billy Tom Keller, Tim, right? Were all Billy there, Keller, right. yeah, they were all there with you, right? They they did great. Yep. They, you know, Frankie Snyder, all talking to you. I watched that. Thank you for you guys doing a radio show there. Then you had Row Home Magazine doing pictures for people. It was fabulous. But the, if you take a look at even the, the men of the court, we had we had Emons, we had we had Rabbis, we had uh, we had Buddy Osborne, and and all the, the ch- chaplains. Then you went to Father Joe for Father Judge, who we who we were able to help with our caps, and so they can do growth up there. Education for kids, more vocational training inside the father judge system. I mean, and John, it was just, just amazing. Incredible. And the whole thing was about, the whole thing was it was a great message to Philadelphia that what when you put a whole bunch of labor leaders together from little ethnic neighborhoods like Second and Jackson, okay, in South Philly, right below, you know, I'm a two streeter. I, uh, I Edward O'Malley, Reverend Burke, everything I ever learned. I learned in that atmosphere, and I just took it with me for 30 years. And along the way, we picked up a lot of other neighborhoods, and we did something good for this region. We created a hospitality, 
community. We built this city. We went above Philly 10. We did it all. And we did it right. And again, you know, I can't thank every one of you enough. Thank you, John. Thanks for everything you've done. You've been listening to the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. On behalf of Joe Krause, I'm Jay Doc. Have a great night. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.